Welcome back. It's Kathleen and this is This Insecure Life. How are you? <laughs> um, the weather seems to have shifted. It is now acting very much like a fall situation here in Vancouver anyways. I don't know about where you are. But yeah, so this week's topic is a funny one and a complex one, and we'll likely come back to it a couple times. I wouldn't mind exploring it in a conversation with someone, so if you're super interested, please reach out. You can email this insecurelife at gmail.com and we'll figure out how to get you on. Um, but we're going to talk about vulnerability today, which is something I've mentioned in the past Uh, that I'm working on and the reason that I sort of took the challenge of being vulnerable in 2018 particularly is because I'm not really good at it Um, I have a lot of really high walls and I don't know if it necessarily connects to my insecurity or not. Um, so it's more just a, an exploration today of what vulnerability is, how to move into it, <laughs> and the power that maybe can have. Um, so let's get back to some definitions because, I don't know, it's kind of nice to do that. When you look this up, vulnerability, it's a noun and it's the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. And when I first, I mean, when I first read that, it was, it was like, of course, that is what it is. And then I thought of it in relation to insecurity. And that's kind of what insecurity is in a way, too. They're just a little bit different. Um, So the same way that fear and excitement show up the same in the body, right? If your body gets excited you your heart races your stomach can get butterflies maybe you sweat a little it's the same thing with fear fear shows up the same way vulnerability and insecurity are almost two sides of the same coin in the sense that you're exposing yourself in some way or you feel like you're exposing yourself in some way And it could result in something positive or something negative. And maybe that's a little bit too simplistic. But that's what came to my mind when I first read this definition. And I also think that sometimes it's not because insecurities can keep us from being vulnerable because we don't want to be attacked or harmed physically or emotionally. And that can be a really scary thing. So there's this fear aspect around both of them. 
Um, I'll link a bunch of articles and a TED Talk that um, I come back to a lot. So the TED Talk is Brené Brown, The Power of Vulnerability. Um, I've watched it probably 10 times this year. And then just a bunch of um, articles that are from various sources that I think can help. Some have, you know, strategies and some just explain why it's important. And for me, this just sort of ties everything together. And I'm not, I'm still not very good at being vulnerable and I'm still not very good at choosing the right people or situations to be vulnerable in. Because yes, <laughs> being vulnerable is very powerful. You're sort of owning what's going on. You're owning who you are, what you need, what you want. And that's a really beautiful thing. And it can lead to so many, so many opportunities and so many strong relationships and more intimacy and job promotions and um, moments of bliss. But it can also lead to a lot of heartbreak. And that's, I think, the key reason we don't and aren't vulnerable as much as we want to be. Um, one of the best parts of the TED Talk is, at least for me, is when Brené is talking about this sort of numbing sensation we have. And it's true. At least for me, I definitely have an addictive personality and I probably have mild addictions to most things in my life and a lot of it is to numb the feelings the problem is she's correct in saying you can't you can't just choose which ones you turn on and off so if you want to numb fear and sadness and anger by overeating or drinking or binge watching a TV show, sleeping, whatever it is, you're also numbing happiness and excitement and connection to other people. It's not, it's not an either or situation it's both and what I've been realizing lately for myself is I like how much I feel I haven't always and that comes down to you know fighting what I've been told my whole life which is that I do feel too much that I'm too sensitive that I'm too much, too big, and maybe I am for some people. Maybe it is for some people, but the truth is then those people don't need to be in my life directly, and I don't need to be in theirs. It's, you know, find your people, hold them close, 
and let the people in your life be who they are and make their own decisions and have their own feelings. And if that is not working for you, and it's not a slight, but if it truly just doesn't jive with who you are, then that's okay. They'll find someone else. I'll find someone else. You know, like it's, there are people in this world who are empaths or highly sensitive who just feel a lot. And there's science behind it and there's reasons behind it. And it's totally fine. When I don't let myself feel, when I really do numb the sensations, and I and I have been, um, I didn't realize I was even doing it till probably two or three weeks ago. Um, but I've definitely been finding ways to numb my emotions or dull the sensation of the emotions and that means that my vulnerability hasn't been there and I have felt a little bit um I don't know what the correct word would be a little less like myself, a little, a little diminished, you know, that like shrinking violet type sensation. And maybe you know that sensation, you know what that feels like. And it's not great. <laughs> um, we are who we are and we are allowed to feel what we feel and we're allowed to take up space. And we should. I'm trying really not, really hard not to use should, but I think it's applicable here. With the people who are in your life, if you aren't able to be vulnerable with them, it's good to examine why. So that's why I say we should be able to be vulnerable with those people in our lives. Doesn't matter who they are. And I'm not saying you're the same type of vulnerable with everyone. You're likely not going to be the same type of vulnerable or share the same things with coworkers on a daily basis that you would with your partner or your best friend or a really close family member. You can be vulnerable in different ways, in different aspects of your life. I have been trying to tap into my intuition this year. Um, I used to have a very strong intuition. And then I was in a relationship for, you know, the relationship itself was three and a half, four years. Um, But this person was in my life for closer to five. And yeah, they... They really did break me and I never got back to, I mean, you never, you never can really go back to who you were, 
before events happen, before life experience happens. But my intuition has not been the same since the manipulation, the gaslighting, the abusive, toxic relationship. That's how deeply embedded this person got into my being. So along with my vulnerability, I've been working on redeveloping my intuition. And maybe I will do an entire episode on that. Um, But I do have very strong intuition in general. And I've been trying, not always successfully, sometimes successfully, and sometimes ignoring my intuition. Um, There was definitely a time in the last, uh, not quite a year, but almost a year ago, where I immediately knew (laughs) that the person I was talking to was bad news. And because in that moment I needed so much external validation, I ignored it. And I just sort of ran with it and it turned into a crazy thing. But I haven't had alarm bells like that since then. And there's been instances where I've been highly aware of what's happening and what's going on and what may happen. Um, And I've started sharing that. I don't know. I feel like this like woohoo, witchy, um, more energetic, whatever you want to call it, talk, new age stuff has been coming out a little bit more and more as this podcast has gone along. And to me, that is being a little bit more vulnerable. I have always, always been interested in new age, (laughs) Wicca, whatever, not necessarily Wiccan in general, but just tapping into energetic fields, looking to the cosmos, astrology, um, finding those moments of magic in everyday life. It's always been something that's been a part of me, and I suppressed it for a very long time, especially being raised Catholic. It's not a very Catholic thing. So me telling you this is a form of vulnerability. Me being more open about these beliefs that I have, and I'm not going to sit here and say like, when things, when planets go, like, when Mercury goes into retrograde, I don't necessarily live my life without doing things that I would normally do. I'm not, if I were to get a job offer, I would still sign the contract, um, which is frowned upon. It's more use what you can for awareness and make the best decisions for you. And that's how I've always operated. Pull all the information in, have all the information, and then make your decisions. So why would I not use these other resources that I believe in, that work for me, that makes sense? So this is weird. 
it's weird for me to say that out loud. It's a little bit scary because maybe as you're listening, you're like, I do not believe in that at all. That does not resonate. This girl's whack and crazy and I'm just not going to listen anymore. Or you turn the podcast off right now. But not doing that, not being open about what works in my life, what makes sense for me, and it doesn't have to make sense for you and you don't have to do it. That's the beauty of life. We move through it, ideally, as authentically as we can, as us as we can. That's what authenticity means to me. Being the most you that you can be each moment. We don't always succeed. But that's what it is for me. That's my definition. And that's really all I want for you is with choosing maybe a moment of vulnerability where you could get hurt or it could open you up to a new relationship or it could open you up to a new experience that leads you to a place of bliss, of happiness, of excitement. Knowing, going into that vulnerability, that we aren't guaranteed anything in life. But there aren't really mistakes, there aren't really failures. It's just figuring out what works for you. And the only person who loses by being so tightly closed off is you. If we don't, if I don't, if you don't, take time, take opportunities to be vulnerable. What's the point of being here? If you're cutting yourself off from having moments of connection with the people around you and you're so focused on the fear of being rejected or failing or not being perfect, which I I definitely am. Then we're denying our, our humanity. Quite frankly, that's that's what we're doing. And it's weird because our society has been built around so many inhumane things, so many unnatural things that we're unlearning. So I'm originally from Hamilton. (laughs) Um, And I've been in Vancouver three and a half years. I lived here for a year before. So I feel like I know Vancouver pretty well at this point. My insecurities ramped up when I got back to the city. And while some of it is 
definitely how the city operates. And I'll get into that. Some of it also comes from me having that in my head. This is how Vancouver operates. This is how, this is how, this is how the people in Vancouver operate. And while some of it's true, it stopped me from being vulnerable for a really long time. It fed my insecurity. Um, one example is early on when I got here again. Um, so when I was here the first time, I was not a waif, but I was very thin for what I am at now. And my life was a whole lot easier in the Vancouver landscape. People did smile at me. I sort of fit into the Vancouver image. Um, and it worked. But I also saw how other people were treated, and that didn't really fly in my books. Um, when I got back and I knew that I had gained a lot of weight... I kind of immediately was nervous and anxious and insecure. And so whether that groundwork, that knowing that immediate they're going to reject me because I don't look like I used to or I don't look like the Vancouver ideal caused me to pull back or not, I'm not sure. There's a direct instance where... Uh, I moved into my apartment, so it was probably like two or three months in. Let's say it was two months in. I went to the Starbucks by my, by my new place, and something funny happened. Um, I don't remember exactly what it is. I may have tripped, actually. I trip a lot over my own feet. So I may have tripped and laughed, which is typically what I do. I trip and I laugh because it's kind of funny. As long as I'm not seriously injured, it doesn't matter. Tripping and falling is kind of hilarious. So I tripped, didn't completely fall, caught myself, but still laughed. Everyone in this giant Starbucks line saw me do it, heard me laugh, looked at me, and then turned their backs and just went back to standing in line. And I just felt so rejected because it could have been a really beautiful moment of connection of look at this funny humorous thing that just happened with a whole bunch of people and instead I felt so unseen Bobbin can you stop can you stop sweetie come here um And so it's just one of those things where when you have these moments where you are vulnerable, where you take the time to laugh at you doing something funny. And honestly, this happens, like I said, I trip a lot. I fall a lot. I trip over my own feet. I miss the curb. And I laugh by myself. But it's different when you're outside, there's no one really around you versus 
in a space where everyone sees they can see you're fine they can see you think it's funny and they just sort of glaze over like you don't exist and that doesn't happen or I've never experienced that when I've been in Hamilton or Ontario in general um or anywhere else, quite frankly. It, it seems like a very Vancouver thing. So living here has made me pull back on how vulnerable I am. Even in those small connections, it's really hard for me to want to look people in the eyes in this city. Because... I don't want to look them in the eye and not be seen. So take a moment and think. After you listen to this, as long as it's not like crazy late at night, when can you next be vulnerable? When can you take the opportunity to find a little bit of gumption, a little bit of bravery, and step into the fear of maybe I'll be rejected, maybe I won't be seen, maybe I will end up a little bit hurt. And if that's what happens, because inevitably you're going to be vulnerable at some point and it will happen. Whether it's, you know, you expressing how you feel to someone and them saying they don't feel the same. Or whether it's asking for uh it's just, I always come back to it. And so I'm trying to think of other examples. I should just write out some like big examples, but asking for a raise and getting denied, right? Like there are all these little vulnerabilities that don't necessarily have to do with our romantic lives or our friendships or, but it's those moments that are scary. That mean something to us. I'm going to also say that a lot of times rejection (laughs) in moments of vulnerability, and I don't have science for this. (laughs) This is just my own life experience talking. But those moments are the moments that have really made me who I am, made me own up, grow up, change, um, come back to who I am so check in maybe before you have that vulnerable moment whatever you choose it to be and be really really open with yourself what do you need to be vulnerable with right now who do you need to be vulnerable with right now what would benefit you by opening up by pulling a wall down 
And this isn't the same as boundaries. These are like those physical walls we build up to keep emotions out and keep emotions in. But once you figure it out, when you figure out what that moment is that you want to be vulnerable in, look back to who you are. If you haven't written it out, I think I told everyone to write it out when we talked about creating your own identity. You get to choose who you are. If you haven't written it out, write it down. Write down who you are. Write down those qualities. So you have something solid to come back to should being vulnerable end not how you want it. If you remember and you hold on to who you are, it makes it a little bit easier. I'm not saying it's still not hard and that rejection doesn't suck and that being sad isn't awful sometimes. But it can catapult you. It can really draw you into the next thing. And it's typically when I have been rejected, when I've been vulnerable, it's typically when that vulnerability has resulted in a more negative emotion than a positive one that the most growth has happened for me. And I'm still growing. And you're still growing And honestly, I hope I continue to grow till the day I die. Who I am may change and fluctuate a little. There are those parts of me that will probably always stay solid. But how I behave, how I react, how I feel, all of it can just adjust based on these vulnerabilities that we share And great things can come of it. So while insecurity and vulnerability may be two sides of the same coin in some ways, there's a power. And there truly is a power in letting yourself open up. And there's truly a power in taking the risk. And you don't have to be a high-risk person for it to be powerful. But you do have to do it. Alright. I am going to sign off. If you are ready to peace out, lead with love. Thanks for listening. Follow me wherever you feel like it works. Twitter, Insecure Life Pod. Facebook, Insecure Life Pod. Instagram is this Insecure Life. I'm probably most active on Instagram. And again, feel free to email me at any point in time, insecurelifepod at gmail.com. Thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. It does mean the world to me. If you want to take a breath with me, Take a breath with me. Bye, guys.